Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. I'm ready to talk some Spider-Man, ready to continue off of our part one from last time. Excellent. I am as well. We are joined by... Perfirio Rangel. Perfirio, how goes? I'm doing good, Henry. Really excited to talk. Yeah, some Spider-Man here. And yeah, let's keep let's keep keep the good vibes going. Cool, cool. We are also joined by the man known as Rainier. Rainier, how are you doing? I am doing amazing. Spectacular, <laughs> even. You like, <laughs> yes. you, like, you like what I did there? Yes, I do. It's been a minute. I haven't been here in a while. Good to have you back and great timing because we're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is a movie a lot of people are talking about right now. A lot of people are buzzing about. So we're going to get into it. Uh, But first, real quick, the Comic Sauce podcast is on social media. You can catch us at Comic Sauce Pod on Instagram and Twitter. So today is... December 23rd, 2021. Happy holidays. And yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home released about a week ago. And we have all seen it. So we should probably mention that this movie already is a huge, tremendous success. It has the second biggest opening weekend ever box office wise second only to avengers endgame the critical response has been very positive and the fan response to this movie has been incredible uh, to say the least so just a huge hit on all fronts and um yeah uh, we're gonna get into it but uh there's a reason why (laughs) there's a reason why Okay, uh, before we get into the movie itself, I thought it might be kind of fun to just go around the room a bit and talk about our experiences watching this movie. You know, the past couple years, folks have largely stayed home and not gone to movie theaters. Spider-Man No Way Home currently is a theatrical-only experience, right? You can't stream it. You can't uh, pay a price to watch it on Disney Plus, etc. You have to go to the theaters to watch this right now. Uh, we did it. A lot of people around the world did it. Uh, so how did it go? What was the movie going experience like? And let's see, where do we start? How about you, Rainier? Why don't we start with you? Uh, what was your experience watching this movie? Oh, yeah. So I was on an island watching this movie by myself. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, you know, we were actually not expecting to be able to watch this movie like opening day. Um, We thought that tickets would be sold out everywhere. Uh, And we ended up getting lucky on uh, Thursday, the day before the actual opening. They had opened up a a new screening uh, at our local theater. So we were able to to catch it real early on. And uh, we had a pretty... Uh, moderately built theater, uh, which was surprising. I think they just opened up a ton of shows. Uh, so it was yeah. perfect. And uh, took the wife and the kids. So it was a family event. 
Oh, nice. And um, I, I, let's see. It was, it was, man, I don't know. I don't know where to start with this movie. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> there was a lot of cheers, a lot of, um, this movie really went full circle. Like, I think Spider-Man, like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, man, do we even dive into that right away? Like, <laughs> I mean, like the okay, the first Spider-Man, right? Like that was like, in my opinion, like the start of like the modern superhero movie. I mean, that broke records at the time, and like a superhero movie, like doing that, like that, just that's insane. But now it's like a common occurrence with all of the MCU movies coming out. So having that tied into this movie, like it seems like it just made everything just come full circle. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, you could really argue that first Spider-Man really opened the door to all this stuff, right? For sure. So theater experience you're asking about. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of cheers. There were some tears. Um, but it was a fun movie. Like, I mean, the, I, yeah, it was a fun movie. We all had a great experience. Right on. Okay, how about you, Christian? What was your theatrical experience like? Well, first off, um how many times have you seen it uh, so i saw this movie twice already um and so um i saw it once with uh you guys the first time friday night um i think we talked about this uh last week about getting free getting tickets and then uh that was amazing experience uh crowd was cheering crowd crowd was really into it a lot of fun um, there were a couple uh, moments that maybe I'll wait till we get more into spoilatory territory to talk about. Um, and then so I was talking with a friend and immediately we're like trying to figure out what to do. And immediately I'm like, dude, let's go see Spider-Man. I want to see it again. And I bought tickets like the Saturday after <laughs> at like I can only get it at like 930 at night. You know, like that was the earliest showing I can get two tickets and like a re a reasonable spot in the theater <laughs> and yep. same same deal pretty much not as lively <laughs> as i think the first time we saw it but still like a lot of fun and a great experience it really like this movie does go to show you it's a it's a great reminder i think after everything we've been through the pandemic just the joys of going to the theater yeah here here absolutely Okay, how about you, Preferio? How many times have you seen this movie? So I've seen it three times. I saw yeah. it, yeah. Um, I saw it <laughs> nice. Friday night with you guys. I saw it Sunday afternoon with another friend, and then I saw it Wednesday with my family when I came back here. And um, you know, to be honest, I think I kind of enjoyed it a little more the second time around, just because the first time, like. I mean, obviously the crowd the first night was just really awesome. There were poppers, people were standing up and cheering and crying. And it was really an awesome experience. But I think I was just way too, like, looking out for, like, the Easter eggs. Like, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? So I think I kind of, like, ruined the experience for myself. So then when I watched it on Sunday, since I had already seen it, I knew it was going to happen. I just, like, sat back and enjoyed the movie for how it was. Cool. Okay. Oh, you're the winner, Perfurio. <laughs> uh, you've seen it three times. I've seen it twice. And um, I also had a very positive 
experience at the movie theaters. I saw it on opening Thursday and uh, Friday night with you guys, Perfirio and Christian. Um, yeah, that Friday night show was fun. Very rowdy, I would say. The uh, Daily City Century crowd is a rowdy crowd. I think I'm starting to get to know that crowd a little bit now. And, you know, they like to make noise. They like to cheer. Um, and Perfirio, you mentioned the poppers. Yes, someone brought party poppers to our viewing and they were shooting them off like all throughout the show and uh, it was i've wild. never heard of that before that's crazy that's <laughs> that's totally next level yeah next level first for me too i was like what is that you know and uh yeah they, they came prepared and um yeah the, the the moment the screen went black and we realized okay the movie's starting uh, there was you know loud cheering from the get-go you know, and uh, yeah, th this crowd was was ready to go and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I want also want to mention the night before in San Francisco at the Alamo Draft House, because that was a lot of fun, too, in kind of a different way, because at the Alamo Draft House, a big reason why I go is because it's a great experience, uh, great screen, great uh, sound, etc., um, but uh, it, it, there's a kind of a different audience there. It's uh, a, a film snob kind of audience. So that audience kind of needs to be won over. So when the screen went black and the show started, there wasn't cheering. Like, like this crowd, including myself, was just sort of waiting to see. Like, okay, let's see how good this is, right? And it wasn't until later when the movie started to pick up some steam and these like really cool moments started to happen, that's when the cheering and the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the screaming and, and, uh, and cheering started to happen. And uh, yeah, by the end, it was like, it was a madhouse. It was really awesome. And, and there was just this cool energy, you know, there's this electricity in the air, uh, literally electricity <laughs> as we know, uh, but um, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, that that was a very memorable night. Um, yeah, I'll never forget that night. Yeah, like the first time seeing this, uh, just getting absolutely blown away. And uh, we've all been kind of, you know, implying this, but this movie is the reason we go to see movies. This is why we don't stay home and watch movies. Um, this movie just provided everything thrills and laughs and tears and just everything okay so i think we really need to just dive into the movie now right we're ready to go um huge tremendous spoiler alert we are going to get into this movie so be warned we're gonna go there uh there's a lot to be spoiled too in this movie it's not just like a handful of things like there is a lot of stuff in here that you you don't want to know about if you haven't seen it, right? Uh, so let's get into the movie. Um, like we always do, maybe we can start by uh, just going over some highlights. What did you like about this movie? I think we all really enjoyed watching this. Uh, let's just go down the list. What was good? What do you guys think? I mean, where to begin, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, where to begin? Yeah. <laughs> where to begin? So much. Yeah. There is a lot. 
but yeah, feel free, jump in there. Anyone want to start with uh, some positives on this one? Uh, I'll start. Okay, here, let's, I'll start, I guess it's square one, which is uh, Spider-Man himself, Tom Holland. And I think that um, this, uh, you really get to see Tom Holland as Spider-Man really come to fruition in his film. I, I really enjoy his arc. I really think they get, even though there's kind of so much in this movie, I think they really like narrow down some of the cast. They cut out a lot of his high school friends in it and really just focus on uh, Peter, Ned, and MJ as your kind of like your core three, as well as really prop up Spider-Man. He has a really great arc where he starts off acting in an almost selfish way, trying to make everyone forget about Peter Parker while not really knowing how to do it and not not really knowing how to be Spider-Man as as Dr. Strange tells him. His problem is he's trying to live two lives. And I think through the events of these films, through um, interacting with all these villains, trying to, I think, rehabilitate the the villains in around the midpoint of the movie is really great. It's it's it feels very Spider-Man way to yeah. go about things, especially when he doesn't really see how these villains have initially developed and became the villains. And the way uh, um, the way the movie ends with him having everybody forget who he is for the greater good of the multiverse, as well as keeping his friends safe, he makes the ultimate sacrifice, like Spider-Man should. <laughs> yeah, wow, great summation there. And I really like what you mentioned about how it stays true to the Spider-Man character. I mean, this is really mm-hmm. what Spider-Man is all about. And... Mm-hmm. You know, if you did have a problem with the Tom Holland Spider-Man, like some people, including myself, you know, when I f- first saw Homecoming, I was kind of like, hey, this is this is not really Spider-Man, right? This is not the Peter Parker I know. Um, but, you know, at the end of the trilogy, you kind of realize like, well, this it really is Spider-Man. You're like, OK, the, the kind of. Did a little mix and match with some of the characters and some of the attributes and powers and stuff. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's, it really is a pretty classic Spider-Man story, right? It really is, uh, you know, it, the heart of Spider-Man is really here. Definitely. Mm-hmm. What else? What else was good? I'm going to agree with Christian on that. Like, seeing tom holland's peter parker like find his um find his arc like because when we were introduced to spider-man like we just dove completely in no backstory i think the assumption is that like everyone knows how spider-man came to be he just jumped right into the scene and i think this finally took some time to like because he never had that moment he never had that uncle ben moment and of course it, it did it wasn't uncle ben right it was uh uh is aunt may um but lots of highlights here um i think i think this movie too is is i think it's more than just tom holland's spider-man um because there's a there's a whole host of characters in this movie that was a surprise to see um yep how how high out of your seat did you guys jump when you guys saw um matt murdoch's Kane. That's the first thing you see. Yeah. 
uh that was a pretty big highlight for me yeah. like this like you know this confirms that like daredevil the defenders are in the mcu i know we've heard of them like in passing or in conversation but having him on screen like oh man how cool is that and to be his lawyer uh of all things like it just fit perfectly <laughs> yeah uh another big highlight for me was ned bringing his filipino culture into this film uh it was cool uh, oh yeah <laughs> they were in his house it was awesome seeing his lola speaking tagalog i didn't need any subtitles to understand what she was saying <laughs> uh super cool That's and great. of course you know then of course like andrew garfield popping in toby mcguire popping in i mean <laughs> every every I feel like every gen every every i don't know every age bucket or generation has their spider-man that they relate to and i think this just fused everything together and going back to what i had said earlier that like it just brought everything back full circle with toby mcguire coming in um it just goes to show that there's so much more spider-man stories to tell you know um and that you don't necessarily have to have that one definitive storyline um, to make or break your character, as long as it catches the essence of like what the character is with creative storytelling, like you could tell a great story. Amen to that. Yeah. So many awesome moments. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff could have been like wedged in fan service type moments, but they were done so thoughtfully, you know, like, Bringing in Matt Murdock into the MCU, you know, they could have done it in kind of a cheesy way, but it, the way they did it here was cool. They, you know, Peter Parker needed a lawyer and then boom, it's Matt Murdock, right? Like it was just enough, you know, like it was, it was yeah, just enough. Just enough. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. And then the way they revealed Andrew Garfield, so cool. You know, like you see him in the background of this portal right and he's kind of in the shadows and you're like is that wait a minute you can't really tell at first right and they, they tease you a little bit he jumps through and you see the suit you're like holy shit then he takes the mask off it was so perfect and then same thing with toby mcguire you know they they did a little uh, a portal reveal for him also and uh it's it's just the, the moments are, are done so well and, and you just got to appreciate that. Um, we can get into this, but there was a lot of fan service in the movie. Maybe too much. I don't know. Uh, we, we can we can debate that a little bit. Um, but some some of the, the biggest reveals, I think, were just done very gracefully and and thoughtfully. So I, I didn't even mention Dr. Strange only because that was a given. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange. There are a ton of characters in the movies. In the movie, um, a lot of villains, and um, yeah, th this movie could have really gone. It really could have gone off the rails. Um, I don't really think it did, amazingly, but uh, yeah, a, a lot of characters, just a lot of stuff in the movie. Um, I think. What, I think. Sorry, I think one of the things too that it really captured was it kind of married. Have you guys read the, um, I think it's called uh, One Last Day. I think that's the storyline. Oh, one More Day. Or One More Day, yeah. I think it kind yeah. of married that and then like the Spider-Verse uh, films and like 
it just married it together and then tying it all with the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, a little and, bit. And the and the Miles Morales like subtle call out. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we talked about that last time. We were thinking, uh, they're probably not gonna introduce Miles here. But wouldn't it be cool if there's like a subtle reference? And that's exactly what they gave us. So really cool moment. Now, what about you, Preferio? Anything you want to call out as a positive for this movie? I mean, like both you and Rainier already said it, but like um, Daredevil, Matt Murdock, I jumped from my seat when I saw that. I, was, <laughs> I mean, like it was just so funny because I think like the week before Kevin Feige said like, oh, yeah, um, that Charlie's going to come back as Matt Murdock. And I don't know. I think he was trying to do so like people wouldn't think like, oh, they're going to do it too soon with No Way Home. And so, yeah, when it happened, I was just like, oh, my God, it was really awesome. And, um, yeah, he wasn't that long, which was awesome. And, uh, yeah, there's so many other great moments. Toby and Andrew being back into the series. Um the villains each kind of having their own moment and kind of like the explanation i guess like of each villain and like their connection to their own universe um i thought that was really cool it just kind of had like a lot of nostalgia to me like oh when he was talking about like um doc ox movie i was like okay i remember when i first saw spider-man 2 or when like Electro was talking about like his journey. I was like, I remember when I watched Amazing Spider-Man too. Like it, it just brought back a like a nostalgia triggering moments. Um, and yeah, like there's just a lot of great elements that just make uh Spider-Man who he is, and the story just kind of told that story. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, you, men- you mentioned nostalgia, Perfurio. This movie has a lot of nostalgia in it. And it's wild. The MCU is really honing its ability to, to craft these awesome fan service, fan service types moments. But never before has it really tapped into this nostalgic fan service, right? So like uh, Avengers Endgame, awesome, like, mcu fans it's just this like this tremendous treat right um but it was all like fairly recent callbacks right i mean the mcu has only been around since 2008 right but with this movie you get callbacks from around 20 years ago right so you you get hit with with these geek out moments that are like nostalgic moments also (laughs) so it's really something else it's really something else like um, all the, uh, the the Raimi trilogy stuff. Oh my God. It, it was just, I got the feels, man. <laughs> I, I got emotional watching a lot of this movie. Uh, just little moments like when Tobey Maguire first appears, he kind of does like this awkward little wave. And like, that's the wave he does in Spider-Man 1 when he's like, when he's first introduced as Peter Parker, that awkward teenager, right? Um, and uh Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina are phenomenal in this movie. Like they, they brought their a game. These are like older actors now. Right. But they, they like really 
got into the roles again, like revisiting these roles after all these years, you know, and just hitting home runs with, with their dialogue. Um, the, uh, yeah, speaking of Alfred Molina, the Doc Ock versus Tom Holland Spider-Man battle uh, on the, the, the freeway super awesome man like uh, so like uh, on one hand i was getting hit with this wave of nostalgia like holy shit it's the alfred molina doc ock he's back and then i'm you know on the other hand there's an awesome action scene going on right um so just goes along with what i'm saying like this this movie just kind of throws everything at you it's throwing nostalgia like awesome fights and and laughs that you're just getting everything all at once. It's really mm-hmm. bonkers, but in some crazy way, it just all works really well. Um, let's see, just some other observations. Uh, there's a mirror dimension scene. <laughs> uh, you talk about, talk about bonkers, like, you know, with all that happens in this movie, there's this like pretty extended Dr. Strange mirror dimension scene where Dr. Strange is fighting Spider-Man, which is like super cool in itself. Um, super trippy, amazing visual effects. Um, in that scene, sorry to sorry yeah, to go ahead interrupt go ahead. you. So yeah. in that scene, did you guys did you guys understand what was happening when Doctor Strange pushed Peter Parker out of his body, and <laughs> and his oh. body was still continuing to react even though his like conscious wasn't in there? Did you guys get that? No. Okay. My, I, I, I got saying, it. Wait, go, go, yeah. Go ahead, Brynir. What, what do you think? So my take was like, okay, this is, this is his spidey sense that's taken over. Like, cause he has no control over it. Right. And so his spidey sense is taking over and reacting to what's around him. And that's, that's what's happening. Is that what you guys took away that's, from it? That's exactly what I think. It's, it, it seems so bizarre at first. I'm like, why is that happening? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's what they did. <laughs> Uh, Christian, I thought so. I didn't actually notice this till the second time, but um, when Tom Holland's in that kind of astral state, uh, and like Peter, not the um, I guess Spider Man body, you actually do see the wiggles around his head. Oh, you do? Yeah, oh, it's very faint, <laughs> it's like very, it's like kind of like it's hard to miss, but like I did not definitely notice it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it was like the astral version of Peter had like the the Spidey sense like in the comics going off. I keep an, I've, I've only seen it once, so I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, again. next time you see it, look out for that part. Oh, I don't so guarantee like it's times. there. It's hard to see, but like I do guarantee it's there. That's pretty damn cool. It is crazy, though, that like Spider-Man beat Doctor Strange with like math, you know? <laughs> Magic versus math, like <laughs> right. Another pretty cool aspect in the movie, you know, Spider-Man in the comics. Yes, he's a great fighter, got superpowers, but uh, he's a brilliant scientist and mathematician, and he uses both in this movie. So, um, more cool Spider-Man stuff for sure. Speaking of science, did you guys did you guys catch that one part where? I think they reenacted that Spider-Man meme, the one where they're pointing at each yes. other. Yes, they oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's subtle, but they did. Man, do it. these guys are clever. Yeah, I'm glad they threw that in there. Man, they threw every. There's so much detail in this movie. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, I really like the statement they made too with, um, uh, with the Green Goblin, with William Dafoe's character when when he was introduced. I think they made a really bold statement 
when they first show him and he takes his mask off and he hangs it on that trash bin. And, and, and then, and then the next thing you, you see him doing is he just destroys that mask. And I think that statement being made was like the green goblin, you knew this isn't the green goblin you're going to see. Yeah. And I thought they did a really great job. And like, ultimately he ended up turning, he, he ended up looking like the way green goblin should have looked. I think that was the biggest criticism of that movie. They, I don't think a lot of people really enjoyed that, that mech suit um, version of the green goblin. And I think they corrected that with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it, but I think this movie corrects a lot of stuff in past Spider-Man movies, <laughs> but I remember that, you know, I remember when Spider-Man one came out a lot of positivity. Um, people were pretty much okay with the organic web shooters. Okay. With a lot of stuff. But the one thing was that uh, green goblin flight suit. Right. And um I know a lot of people, including myself, were kind of like, dude, Willem Dafoe, he he looks like the Green Goblin. His face is kind of fucked up like that, right? He looks like the Green Goblin from the comics. Like, why why cover that up with a mask, right? So they they did the right thing here by take, take, uh, getting rid of that that mask. So good stuff. MCU is that powerful. They can correct all of their mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, speaking of Willem Dafoe, I love that moment where he says, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> Super great callback to uh, the Raimi trilogy. Uh, but you were going to say something, uh, Perfurio? No, I was just going to say, like, yeah, like, uh, the whole sense of, like, the MCU correcting itself. I think, like, you know, like, I mean, I think Marvel just does a great job of doing this, of listening to the fans, but... You know, there's that whole like um, dialogue between like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and everybody's um, Andrew Garfield's just like, oh my gosh, like I'm so lame and everything. And Tobey's like, no, you're amazing. You know, just because like a lot of people didn't like his Spider-Man or the his Spider-Man movies and stuff, and um, you know, it's even like kind of like humorized, like when like. Tom Holland's like, I'm Spider-Man 1, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2, and then Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man 3. And then, um, yeah, it's just like, it's just so funny, those like subtle hits of like those dialogues that's just like, we know what the fans are thinking, and here it is, you know? It is crazy that the MCU has that much clout that they can like, they can do that, like they can right their wrongs now. We were talking about this earlier about how, you know, like Spider-Man 3, I thought was awful. And like the Amazing Spider-Mans, <laughs> I enjoyed them, but like they're not top of the list for me. But now having mm-hmm. watched, you know, No Way Home, it's like, okay, I think I have a newfound appreciation for these movies again. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing done with like Shang-Chi and uh, the, you know, the imposter Mandarin. Like I went back to watch Iron Man 3 and I'm like, this is actually kind of enjoyable. Like these new movies are now up-leveling the old movies and correcting their mistakes. It's so crazy. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After seeing No Way Home, not only did I want to see No Way Home again, but I wanted to see every Spider-Man movie again. Right. Even the shitty ones. Right. It's just insane what, what they're doing right now over at Marvel Studios. Um, what else? Uh, I think we should call out the moment when the three Spider-Mans come together and they like realize they got to work together. And there's this 
really cool shots of the three of them together, right? Um, you know, both viewings I went to just huge applause and cheering when when those moments happened. Um, yeah, and that was uh, prefaced by this really fun, funny moment when they're like talking about how they're not working together well. And Tom Holland's like, okay, I, I actually have like teamwork experience, <laughs> like not to brag, but I'm an Avenger. I'm in the Avengers, right? They're like, what is that, a band? <laughs> <laughs> right. Tobey Maguire has this great line where he says, oh, that's great. What's that? <laughs> yeah. So great. And then, yeah, uh, Andrew Garfield said, is that a band? That's so cool. <laughs> so awesome. Love that. Dude, Henry, it's speaking of that awesome scene where like you see all the Spider-Man like kind of swing around the moon and then land in that superhero yeah. landing. Yeah. Um, did did you or Christian, did you guys ever look at that uh Brazilian trailer, the one I told you guys about? Oh, we didn't. No, or let's I talk didn't. Ab- yeah, let's talk about yeah, that what now. Was in it? Yeah, what was that? So the Brazilian trailer, it's exactly the like the second trailer. Except, you know, like, there's that one scene in the regular trailer where, like, Tom Holland Spider-Man jumps uh, towards Mysterio, or not Mysterio, Electro, Sandman, and Lizard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, in the Brazilian trailer, there's a scene where um, Lizard gets, like, hit, like, midair. Oh, by like an invisible force, right? Yeah, by by an invisible oh, yeah. kick. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. Invisible kick. That's all. And that. so, like, so in like the American trailer, you don't see that. You just see him jumping. But in this Brazilian trailer, you see him get kicked by something. So, Ooh. like, so obviously, when I was watching this the movie, I was like, oh, it's when Andrew Garfield kicks him in the face. You know. <laughs> see. Huh. trailers are lies man we know that now we know that <laughs> hey did you guys when so when spider-man was like collecting doc ock and green goblin and electro in that cave did you guys get like a video game vibe from that like i to me it felt like i was playing a video game at that point like not that that's a bad thing but did you guys get that feeling <laughs> Like he had his, yeah. He had like the rogues gallery of villains, like in their basement, like trying to figure <laughs> out what to do with them. <laughs> that's his home base, and then right. like you, you know, that's where he goes, and like those are like the collectibles, or yeah, like, he... do you want to replay this level? Yeah, you walk right. up to them and you press X, and they say some like you know <laughs> pre-script dialogue or something. Right. You get the achievement unlocked and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely video game vibes for mm-hmm. sure, in yeah. a good way. The Doc Ock level mm-hmm. on the bridge, the Electro level in the forest. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed. The Green Goblin level later on. <laughs> this would make a great video game. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, one other thing I wanted to call out. Um, Andrew Garfield has a great moment in this movie where he saves MJ from certain death, right? And uh, I definitely want to call this out because I (laughs) said on this podcast one episode ago that I guaranteed that this would not happen. (laughs) 
and it happened. So <laughs> rewind a bit. Uh, I think Porfirio, you mentioned there was a fan theory that Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. would save MJ, thereby kind of redeeming himself for uh, not being able to save Gwen Stacy in Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2. And I was like, these fan theories are getting really ridiculous. I guarantee that this will not happen. I said the words. And then like watching this movie and seeing it actually happen, my 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 brain my brain exploded basically. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? It actually happened. And uh I and I'm I'm happy it did because I like everything about this movie. I was enjoying it all really um but uh you know there there are a lot of moments in this movie where my mind was blown but this one definitely and uh a little bit more on this um today this very day i did watch amazing spider-man one and amazing spider-man two both for the first time in a long time and um while i will say neither movie is great and um they are uh, heavily flawed films. Um, it's kind of like what we've been saying. This movie has elevated the entire franchise and has made all the past movies more interesting. You know, um, I found myself pretty engaged with what was going on. And I got to say, like seeing the Gwen Stacy death scene in Amazing Spider-Man 2 after seeing No Way Home, I got like legit chills. I'm like, whoa, it, it was more impactful. Crazy, just totally crazy. And um, yeah, I couldn't believe that they actually did that. And it, it worked too. It really worked. It really worked well. Um, in a movie where Andrew Garfield is like, doesn't have a whole lot of screen time, has never been in the MCU to this point. <laughs> and he has this moment that is just legitimately awesome. So just some crazy stuff going on here for sure. So I want to talk about the Aunt May situation. Yes. I was thinking of that too. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, one, I didn't see that coming. Me neither. I don't know if you guys saw that coming or not, but I did not see that coming. And going back to what we were saying about like, you know, um, Tom Holland's like arch, like this is, this is it. And never in the MCU have we heard him, you know, reiterate that line, great power, great responsibility. Right. But what's interesting, what's interesting, did you guys catch this, how Aunt May said that line? She didn't say with great power comes great responsibility. She said "Great with great power also comes great responsibility. And that mm-hmm. really stuck out to me. I was like, well, that's interesting. I wonder why they said it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys caught this, or you guys might already know this, but that was the original line, the way it was typed in the comics. Do you guys, do you guys know that? Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, that. I was like, wow, that's so cool that they brought it with that line and it was Aunt May doing it. Um, I thought it was a fantastic moment. I mean, that was the part where I, I, you know, it, I think, I think that theater was pretty teary eyed. I think everyone had come to love Aunt May. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anyone who could have predicted that really shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick on that. Um, uh, we were talking about predictions in the last episode and, you know, some speculation about character deaths um, we did see MJ like falling um, in the trailer and there is speculation uh, about, oh, is MJ going to die? And I was like, I don't think MJ is going to die. Um, you know, she's this 
young beloved actress the character is beloved i don't see it happening and i didn't see it happening because also because um i felt like the tom holland movies are more lighthearted than the previous spider-man movies and for that reason i i totally wouldn't have never guessed that they would kill off aunt may because they these are not dark movies they're they're like they're arguably comedies right action comedies um so i was blindsided i, I think the reason no why we i think the reason why we were blindsided is because i think everyone is just under the assumption that it was uncle ben that passed and that that story that part of the story was just never told yeah and then they hit us yeah. with this like oh okay this this is a different this is a different spider-man and this is a different retelling yeah and you know he's already lost his uncle ben He's lost Tony Stark. You know, there's been loss, right? Or, or so, did he lose Uncle Ben? I don't think. I don't think that's ever come up, has it? It's, it hasn't come up. You, you've seen uh, the briefcase that has Uncle Ben's uh, initials on it that he takes to Europe for, and Far From Home. So, um, and I think um, someone mentioned at some point, like, oh, he's been through so much already. Blah blah blah. So th- there are some hints to it. Um, but Uncle Ben is, has largely not been mentioned. Um, but really, I think the loss of Tony Stark kind of symbolizes the, the Uncle Ben loss in other Spider-Man universes, right? So, yeah, who, who would have thought that they would kill off Anne May? But they did. And that was shocking. And absolutely, I love the great responsibility line because yes it is the original stan lee line from the comics and um i know uh the one everyone remembers is with great power comes great responsibility because it's shorter and that's the one they said in spider-man one but that's not what stan lee wrote so i know a lot of hardcore comics fans were like you know that's not the original line well, now, comic nerds, guess what? They did use the original line in this movie. So, again, you know, fixing past wrongs, whatever you want to call it, um, it's all good. It's all interesting, good. too. It still plays into Peter Parker's storyline of, like, when we originally see Tobey Maguire, when he's in that wrestling arena, um, and that guy robs the guy that was supposed to pay Tobey Maguire and he just lets him go. Right. Yep. Yep. Later mm-hmm. to find out that he's the one that kills uncle Ben. I feel like they, they retold that well here because when we see Tom Holland walk in on aunt May and uh, uh, you know, Osborne talking like he's, you know, he's, he looks like he just looks like he has mental issues and just needs help. And Tom yeah. Holland doesn't see him as a threat. So he does nothing, you know, to, to intervene. He just allows it to sort of happen. And it's interesting how they told that storyline here. Mm-hmm. Echoing what it was like with the Tobey Maguire version. Yeah, in, in a crazy way, the Tom Holland trilogy can almost be looked at as a prequel trilogy, right? This is like how spider-man became spider-man right so a lot of like big spider-man fans were like hey this is not spider-man 
There's no Uncle Ben. There's no great power, great responsibility. Like MJ is Michelle. Like what? What is all this, right? With with Homecoming. Um, and then a few movies later, like they kind of explained it all, right? Tom Holland does have his great power, great responsibility moment, right? Aunt May says the words, and in this movie, he realizes he does have great responsibility, right? He's not free from that. Like early in the movie, he's like, um, let's just get him out of my universe and let's move on. Like they're not my responsibility, right? Um, mm-hmm. They might die, but that's not on me. That's on you guys. Like it has nothing to do with me. They're not even from my universe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he comes to realize, you know, it's not all about himself, right? he has to help others too and that is such a spider-man thing right uh and oh god it's so great so great okay so we've gone on and on about all the positives and there's more there's (laughs) i think there's a lot more uh but we don't have all night right so let's move on is there anything negative do you have any problems with this movie anybody you know okay so for me um i think like you know you guys talk about like how like peter like was like oh i'm not accepting responsibility for all these guys but then when like dr strange like oh we're gonna send them back to the universe where they're gonna like die and spider-man's like no there has to be a way to save them i kind of did get a little annoyed i was like why like I don't know, I think I was just thinking, like, TVA from, like, Loki, like, don't mess with the timeline, or else you're going to, like, um, create, like, all these, like, multiverses that are going to, like, mess up and everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, that I, I think that was, like, annoying me a little about Peter Parker. Um, but then, like, you know, he's, like, correcting himself and everything. But, like, towards the end, I was like, oh, this is such a Peter Parker thing to do you know like saving Mm -hmm. other people and helping them you know like you know like that's such a common like i guess theme within like um the the comics where he's always like saving like that one civilian versus like trying to go and capture the villain you know because he's peter parker and he helps out everybody yeah that's a good call out Mm -hmm. you know peter parker the tom holland peter parker has a pretty cool story arc here he does start off kind of irresponsible and i think it's it's understandable because he's just a kid and yeah Mm -hmm. he hasn't had that moment yet right he hasn't had the the big uncle ben moment we've seen with toby Maguire and andrew garfield um over the course of the movie he learns and he realizes what's really important now i i do want to bring this up so i think it's kind of understandable that the young Peter Parker would be like, Oh, Hey, Dr. Strange, can you like fix this situation? I'm in, I kind of understand him asking him that, but I think it's kind of strange that strange (laughs) quotation, strange that Dr. Strange would be up for doing this. I feel like Dr. Strange acted extremely irresponsibly in this movie. Like, don't you think he's, he's not like this young kid. He's like, he's the, the sorcerer, or I guess I should say the former sorcerer supreme, right? 
like I think he should have really known better. Um, I, I felt it kind of that it was kind of odd that he played along with this whole scheme. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like I agree. I feel like that felt really short. Like I'm still trying to think of like what incentive does Doctor Strange have, and what what was the powerful argument that Peter Parker had to have Doctor Strange agree to like make this huge like worldwide change? Because if you're making everyone forget, if it's on YouTube, like it's going to be removed off of YouTube. Like people, all the print, all the, everything that was released in the media, like all that stuff goes away. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not just people forgetting it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it changes the world. Yeah. And like, he was just quick to say yes. Like he didn't really have any objection to it. Or if he did, it was really weak. <laughs> and, and the way they executed their plan where he's like, Dr. Strange is sort of brewing up his spell. And then Peter Parker is just like calling out these corrections. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, what, what about MJ? Oh, what about Aunt May? What about Ned? You know? And like Dr. Strange is sort of like, okay, uh, you know, I'll add that in there. And it was just really sloppy, <laughs> just really sloppy and unprofessional, mm-hmm. I think. So mm-hmm. that seemed mm-hmm. to be, I don't know. How, how how much do you want to bet they're going to correct that mistake in the next <laughs> Doctor Strange movie by explaining <laughs> what had happened, even right. though he doesn't know who Peter Parker is? <laughs> yeah, we'll Power see. of the MCU, man. Yeah, uh, I know. Oh wait, yeah, go uh, ahead, Christian. Go uh, ahead. So I think to add on to that, um, like, w- um, you you think they wouldn't have talked about the parameters of the spell? And like what the spell does before casting the spell, actually having a plan. <laughs> like you think, like Doctor Strange would have said, "Are you sure this is going to happen?" And this is going to happen. Yeah. And, and like you also got to think, like you know, it wouldn't have been that hard just to tell the people you want to tell your Spider-Man again. You know, like Ned Leeds was all for Peter being Spider-Man and jumped on right away. It was like your Spider-Man? That's so cool. Like in Homecoming, I don't think that'd be a problem. Like. Like being Spider-Man, and same with MJ. MJ was all for it, and so was mm-hmm. Aunt May. And you know, like, like telling them actually wouldn't have telling them again wouldn't have been that hard of a thing to do. Yeah, really, so, based on what we've seen, how they reacted before. So, like, like why why get you kind of wonder why he got such cold feet on the idea in the first mm-hmm. place. Peter's a math whiz scientist and Dr. Strange is a doctor for goodness sakes. And they both made the worst mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like r- really terrible execution. <laughs> I mean, just sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Two of the smartest guys. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so uh, speaking of this spell, uh, the, the spell that went awry Uh, I think it brings up a lot of plot holes. So, you know, we talk about potential negatives of the movie. Um, Yeah, this got me wondering. So the problem that came up was that uh, the spell kind of backfired because anyone who knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man in any universe can show up in the MCU universe, right? So that's why we saw Doc Ock and Green Goblin from the Raimi trilogy, also Sandman, um, and Electro and Lizard from uh, the Garfield movies, right? Now, okay, I get it. Uh, Otto Octavius and Norman Osborn know 
that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Um, and um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Perfirio's cousin. <laughs> His name's Jesse, right? Yeah, Jesse. Yeah. He, he actually knew uh, that Venom was aware of Peter Parker being Spider-Man also. <laughs> Because I called that out as a plot hole. Uh, there is a post-credit scene where Eddie Brock shows up in the MCU universe. And I was thinking, like, how, why is he here? Like, he doesn't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But Jesse called out a, a moment in Venom Let There Be Carnage where they kind of explain it. <laughs> And for anyone to remember a plot point from that movie, it gets props from me because I don't remember <laughs> anything but a lot of CGI nonsense for that movie. Uh, so there is a, an explanation. It's a really far-fetched explanation, but it is an explanation for Venom being in this movie. But uh, there are still plot holes. For example, uh, Electro never knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man until the end of this movie. So why would Max Dillon, AKA Electro enter this world? Like by the logic of this, this story, he shouldn't have appeared. Right. So I don't know. Didn't. Uh, okay. Wait. Okay. I, I'm going to try to answer this, but Please. didn't Electro know who Peter Parker was? Like the name Peter Parker, because didn't like because he was pairing up with Green Goblin, and Green Goblin knew who Spider Man was. So didn't he like tell him like, "Oh, Peter Parker is Spider Man," but like Max didn't know who Peter Parker was. He just knew the name. I got another question. Point. I got another question too, because I vaguely remember Amazing Spider Man too. That's probably the only Spider Man I almost kind of fell asleep at. <laughs> But was his Electro's power, was he able to like like look at electronic data too? Or was it just electricity? I, I can't remember. Yeah, it was just electricity. Okay. So he could like he could grab like a cable and he could draw energy from it. So that, that kind of explained why he got the arc reactor and he got this tremendous power in this movie. Um, but yeah, to your point, Perfirio, okay, in this movie. Like he is, he does find out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I get that. But in Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I did watch today, um, he never knew that. So for that reason, mm -hmm. he shouldn't have emerged in this universe, mm -hmm. right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going by this logic, right? It's only people who know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, right? People like... Mm -hmm. uh, Otto Octavius and other Peter Parkers themselves, right? Um, so I don't know if anyone has an explanation, I'd love to hear it. But right now, I think it's a plot hole. Magic, it's yeah. magic, dude. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> Can't explain magic. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I think uh, Perfira is onto something here. I think uh, if I were going to believe anything, I'd, I'd, I'd believe that that just Harry Osborn told him at some point. Peter Parker Spider-Man, but never showed him who Peter Parker was because um, remember at the end, like 
uh, like the final scene with uh, in No Way Home of Electro, he goes like, man, I thought you'd be black. You know, like yeah. he's never seen Peter's face. Okay. So that's yeah. my explanation of like, you know, what happened. Oh, I get. You heard I get the name Peter Parker. Yeah. I get what you guys are, are driving at now. So he, he never saw Peter Parker's face. So that's why mm-hmm. at the end of No Way Home, he's like, oh, I thought you would be black. Um, but maybe he does know the name and he knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man because of conversations he's had with Harry Osborn, who he did team up with at the end of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, okay, well, it's it's far-fetched and not fully explained, <laughs> but it's a possible it's a possible explanation. So I guess uh, mm-hmm. good enough, good enough. <laughs> uh-huh. Cool. And I'm not sure about uh, Sandman, uh, Flint Marco. Did he know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sandman knew because, I mean, that was the whole reason, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was after Sandman. He was, like, um, saying, like, you killed my uncle. And that's why he went all turned black and, and got, like, Venom powers and everything. And then towards the end... Like he had that whole confrontation about like what actually happened that night, how he did kill Uncle Ben, but it was an accident. Good call. There you go. I forgot that. And uh, after watching Amazing Spider-Man 1 today, I can confirm that Kurt Connors also knew that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So cool. Got explanations for all. Not all totally satisfactory, (laughs) but, but it can be explained in some way fair enough (laughs) okay so i want to point out it's it's not so much a negative but like what do you guys think because tom holland has said in an interview that the original idea for no way home was to have to be like a craven centered movie like like what do you guys think of if it had turned out that way hmm as in, like, no universes like colliding, it would have. I don't think largely yeah, stayed smaller scale. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a multiverse storyline. I think it would have been like Spider-Man versus Craven. Like, mm. I think. I, it mean, would, I mean, it would have been a completely different movie. Yeah. Would it, yeah, probably would have been much smaller. Um, you know, probably would have been more in line. I think with the two that we've seen. Hmm. Like Far From Home and Homecoming, where it focuses on just Peter and his like one villain, maybe a side villain. Okay, I I would have been down for that. I mean, I'm I'm actually glad that they sort of, in a sense, slowed things down and brought things sort of back to the roots of Spider-Man instead of moving forward with a new villain. Because then at that point, it becomes about the new villain and not Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And yeah, we speculated on this. But we were really expecting to see Craven or Morbius or, you know, quite a bit of Venom and a lot of this sort of forward moving what's ahead with Sony type stuff. Right. And that didn't happen. It was all looking back on past stuff. Really cool. We didn't even get like current trilogy villains like Mysterio well, there were Mysterio mentions, but Mysterio himself didn't show up. We didn't see Vulture Actually, or Scorpion. I'll, I'll make the argument that Craven was in the movie 
and I mean, was, all those villains in the movie. Because gonna... when that when the universe ripped open and we saw silhouettes of like a ton of characters, mm-hmm. there was one that looked dead on. Like there was one character that was holding a spear. I'm like, that's got to be Craven. Good call. Uh, yeah. Apparently that's not that. the apparently that's not the only one. Did I didn't see him? No, I, I read about lot. him. Yeah. Uh, did anyone uh, else notice any others? There was one big hulking guy who I, I'm guessing might be Rhino. That was that's, Rhino. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Uh, there was also Scorpion. Yep. Those are the and, three that were called out. Uh, and then I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard there was also Black Cat. Oh really? I, I didn't hear about that one. Like it, like the like next to Craven's um, figure, it was Black Cat. But you, because I've you know, like I said, I've watched this movie three times, and I've been trying to make it out. I feel like I have to press pause and look at it, but I can't. <laughs> I can't tell. It's very like pause distinct. the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of happened to us all. <laughs> I yeah. know at the wrong times. Yeah, so when we were watching all together the first time, uh, like two thirds of the way in, like pretty much the scene where uh, they're all, where like Andrew and Toby are finally on screen and they're in Ned's house, the movie just pauses almost like you're watching a YouTube video and the internet cuts out and it needs to buffer or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And what really got me, I thought was hilarious was like right as it happened someone just shouts i'm gonna throw some dirt in your eye (laughs) (laughs) yeah technical difficulties it happened like what three or four times yeah like three or four times yeah really annoying but fortunately it finally went away in the last i don't know half an hour or so was all smooth sailing yeah i remember people were like i'm getting i'm gonna get a refund like (laughs) you're totally killing my moment here (laughs) Oh, this was at the Daily City Theater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah froze up a few times. It was oh, that's not awful. Good. That happened yeah. to me during the Spider-Verse movie. Mm, when that's... Miles was uh, painting that mural, it just kept stopping. Um, then they replayed it from the beginning, and then it stopped again. Dang. <laughs> and then we, it was a good like 15 minutes we were waiting. <clears throat> oh, wow. Huh. Also, weirdly, in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> With all the yeah. multiverse. Yeah. Uh, hey, so before we get off of the negatives... Um, I was sort of scanning Rotten Tomatoes and um, just getting a feel for the critical response. Critical response has been very positive. Um, a lot of glowing reviews. It seems like the only negative reviews are uh, basically to the effect of um, the movie being too fan servicey and uh like it's just catering to the fans and it's just chock full of these, of these fan service moments. And it sort of distracts from everything really. Um, what do you guys think about that? Is there too much fan service in this movie? Um, should they have done anything differently? What do you think about that? I don't think there was too much fan service. I mean, I think it was just enough, but then you also have to consider they rebooted Spider-Man so many times. Like what, mm-hmm. what What? would they be able to do different that's going to blow all the other Spider-Man movies out of the water? Like this had to be it. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah no, go ahead, Perfirio. 
Okay. Uh, I think like, (laughs) I think just like what I was saying, like, I think there was just, I think there was just a, a lot of people expecting all this fan service. Like, like I said, like for me, I enjoyed it the second time around just because the first time I was just like looking out for like, is Daredevil coming back? When are Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield going to show up? Like, are they going to show up? I think I was just too like anxious and looking forward to those like Easter egg small moments that I couldn't really enjoy the movie. So the second time around, I just enjoyed it for how it was. And yeah, so I think there, I think, I don't think like, the fan service moments was was annoying i just think like the whole like anticipation and looking out for the easter eggs was annoying i think that's the thing too like going back to all of the reboots of spider-man if you think about it like there's so many different like there's like shards of spider-man right and it's just mm-hmm. like this movie helps sort of tie everything together and give an explanation as to like why they all exist. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 really sort of meta, right? That they that they're doing that, and it's again another way of not fixing the mistake, but explaining what had happened in the past so it makes sense today. <laughs> and 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 that's the thing too, like the dialogue. Like I think had the dialogue been incredibly campy then yes, fan service would have definitely had shined through. But I feel like they did just enough and the dialogue, they did it just right where it wasn't too over the top and it made sense to the story. Yeah, like I'd agree that like most of the the characters that show up from other movies, all like they all have their own kind of motivation and they all kind of like help kind of service the greater story and the greater arc of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like it, it really feels like the characters have really been popped out of the movie and they're picking up right where they left off in a sense. And especially with, uh, you know, the two other Spider-Man and they kind of help to kind of bring together the arc as well as like have their own like kind of moments that feel like their own, such as like Andrew Garfield saving MJ, like like we've seen, or um, uh, Toby McGuire being kind of the wisest of the three and knowing to stop Tom from with the uh, from killing Green Goblin, and it all feels like it fits. But I guess uh, one thing I think I guess that criticism does kind of um, kind of speak to, which is something I thought of like this is probably more nitpicky territory. It's not something that like totally bothered me, but I will say that like, I think the mood, there's so many characters, there's so much like fan service. There's so many like, uh, big beats as well as big action set pieces that they do that. There's kind of a lot of conveniences in the story. Uh, the way we talked about, um, Dr. Strange's spell, and the way they kind of have to quickly get that going and they can't really explain too much of it so they can keep the story moving. Yep. Um, the, the way um, the way they kind of do, I think, Sandman's kind of character, how he's kind of just whatever the story needs him to be at that moment. He just, he first helps Peter, but then, you know, when all hell breaks loose, he just decides that he wants to, like, he wants to be with the bad guys and, and fight Spider-Man. Um, 
I think that like, and of course, Ned being able to do the Doctor Strange portal thing, like just kind of casually saying, oh yeah, I think I have magic <laughs> at one point in the yeah. story and then being able to make the portal with, with the magic ring, whereas it took Doctor Strange, you know, years of study and practice. And, and like, there, there's probably a few other things I'm kind of missing. Um, but like things that you, you kind of watch and you're like, uh, you know, that that's kind of convenient. But it's almost more of to help the pacing of the story. Like it kind of has to be that way in order to mm-hmm. kind of cram this much into the movie and, and have big action set pieces, you know? Yeah. I feel like all those details are going to be explained in the next movie, which will make more sense as to why <laughs> it was in there. You're saying Ned's going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie? <laughs> is, that, is that what you're calling right now? You never know. <laughs> anything's possible at this point. I mean, if Wong is now the new Sorcerer Supreme, I mean, anything's possible. There you go. <laughs> or, is, or is Ned going to be the next the Hobgoblin? Ooh. Well, he did say he, he wasn't going to, you know, try to kill Peter. <laughs> right. Yeah. He didn't make that vow. Yeah. But now they're not <laughs> friends anymore. So I guess maybe it, it's yeah. true. Uh, you know, in the uh, not fully explained, but referenced in a small way category, uh, Ned did mention to Dr. Strange early in the movie that something about sometimes he gets these like weird feelings, like tinglings or something. <laughs> Something like that, right? You guys remember that? Yeah. So yeah. it's almost yeah. like it, it's it's saying that maybe he has some sort of, uh, I don't know. He did say that magical he, he did, power in he him. He mentioned his Nana was like, um, yeah, there's magic in our family. <laughs> See? See? There you go. Doesn't fully explain things, but, you know, it's an attempt. So better than nothing. <laughs> he, he, he learned how to make a portal faster than Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, so what else? Um, oh, just real quick before we get off of the fan service stuff, I- I'm in agreement that there wasn't too much fan service. And um, yeah, like this is where the MCU shines. I think Kevin Feige has this down to a science, he knows the right buttons to push he knows not to do too much and um yeah like with avengers endgame i feel like avengers endgame and spider-man far from home are similar in in a few ways certainly that they're both chock full of a lot of a lot of fan service moments and um you could argue with both movies that Maybe there is too much, um, but I just got to say, but both movies do it so artfully, so thoughtfully. Uh, you just can't really complain. I'm curious, and, is, is fan know, service generally a negative thing? I've always sort of taken that as a negative thing. Is that sort of just widely known that it's negative? Because I feel like I feel like there's fan service that could be done well and there's fan service that could be done not so well. Yeah. And in a movie where you have three Spider-Man, like right off the bat, like, there's fan service there. Are they going to do it well or are they not going to do it well? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the term has kind of become a negative connotation, but I'm with you, Rainier. Like, I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It can be done well. It can be done not well. Uh, So here, I think it was done well. And I think 
you know, you have a movie with three different Spider-Mans in it. You could really go overboard. But guess what? They didn't introduce Toby and Andrew until like past the halfway point. Right. And the way they introduced them was just so spot on. Right. They just nailed it. They nailed the landing. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I just I can't complain about it. It's just done so well. And I would also say that um, the main problem when you do have fan service gone wrong is that it's a distraction. It takes you away from the main theme of the movie. And I don't think that happened at all here. Right. The main theme of uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker realizing that he that responsibility is important not only for himself, but for others. And, you know, that theme is never uh, kind of taken away from, right? All these crazy bonkers moments uh, never really deter from the main story that we're experiencing, right? So kudos, props to this movie. I think it was just done so well. And speaking of which, um, yeah, I, I don't know, just, just more, more kudos and props. Um, we haven't talked about the cast a whole lot. We alluded to it some, but I think the acting performances are just really great across the board here. There are a lot of actors in this movie, um, a lot of uh, dialogue and um, a lot of the acting, like there wasn't a lot of screen time like, other than like Tom Holland. You were these actors were kind of fighting for screen time, and there are just so many great moments. And uh, just I think across the board, the, the performances were great. Like uh, Zendaya was great, uh, Jacob Batalon was great. I mean, just uh, just such uh, such uh, great acting across the board. Um, Tom Watts, uh, he doesn't get a whole lot of props, he, he's the director of all three Tom Holland Spider Man movies did a good job with homecoming did a good job with far from home and a fucking grand slam with no way home. I mean, he just, he killed it. Uh, what a great performance as uh, what a great, uh, what great execution as a director. And, um, and certainly I, I def definitely want to call this out. Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal uh, producing this movie. Uh, they, they really, uh, pulled it together. Uh, Kevin Feige, he always gets mega props. He, he did it again, right? He did it again. Uh, the, the grandmaster of the MCU, he, he's got this, that's a superpower, right? Making these, this connected universe uh, stay relevant and interesting. He did it. Um, but maybe more importantly, uh, Amy Pascal and just Sony in general, I, I wanted to call out Sony because they've kind of been under fire over the years right like they ruined spider-man they should just give up the rights you know sell to disney uh, you're ruining this for everyone right uh, a huge turnaround here right um not only did they play well with disney here but um they brought huge value right uh they brought back all these past uh spider-man characters and I have heard that Amy Pascal herself is really responsible for assembling this cast. So apparently she's really good about um, like networking. Like she made the calls. She got the people on the phone and maybe people she hasn't talked to for a long, long time. 
got him on the phone, pitched them, got him in the movie. You know, I, th- I think there's a lot to be said to that, right? Because we're all excited about like this amazing cast that has been assembled. And from what I hear, uh, Amy Pascal is hugely responsible for that. So huge props. I, I know, um, especially uh, recent times, there was that uh, contract dispute. Like there, there was a moment that we were all freaking out that Spider-Man would get pulled from the MCU, right? And uh, a lot of people, myself included, was pointing the finger at Sony, right? Um, uh, we're like, Disney, you're all good. Kevin Feige, we love you. Um, fuck Sony. Like that was the sentiment, right? Fuck Sony. They're ruining it for everyone. Why are you doing this to us, right? Um, but mega props to Sony. Um, all this stuff is great. I mean, uh, we don't have to talk about the Into the Spider-Verse stuff. That's like awesome. Can't wait for the next one. Uh, but big turnaround for Sony. Um, love what they're doing there. And, um, and, you know, on top of the huge enjoyment of this movie, um, I feel really good about the future of live action Spider-Man. You know, um, there was a lot of uncertainty pretty recently. Uh, is the MCU going to lose Spider-Man? Um, is uh, Disney just kind of continually have to do this like mercenary style renting of the character and have it be, be really messy um, it seems like they have a really good relationship now. So I feel really good about uh, the future of Spider-Man in the movies. A good time to be a Spider-Man fan. Hell yeah. Amen to that. I have a lot of questions though. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Like what's Let's the go. future of Spider-Man look like? Because Perfect like the, timing. Yeah, go. The, 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 the question here is like, they confirm that Oscorp doesn't exist in the MCU and Oscorp, you know, mm-hmm. that's a big part of like Spider-Man, right? Um, now the question is, is Oscorp going to eventually pop up somewhere in the MCU? He just hasn't met Harry Osborn. Same with Doc Ock. Like, does he exist in the MCU? We just haven't met him yet. Like the MCU version of Doc Ock? Or do they just not exist at all? All great questions. Did you have a thought, uh, Christian? Uh. I guess, like, my guess is that um, this is probably the, like, the big, okay, here here it is. Here's uh, Doc Ock and Norman Osborn. And then this is probably all I think they're going to do with it in the MCU. I think, of course, anything's possible. Like, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't say, oh, that's never going to happen. Because, well, I didn't think a movie like this was going to happen a few (laughs) years ago. I didn't think this was possible, and it was just a pipe dream of fans. But I think by having them here and having them in their kind of quote-unquote original forms, this is kind of their way of kind of giving the fans what they want um, so they can use Spider-Man in other ways in the future. Um, I think... The Tom Holland movies are always trying to keep Spider-Man different. They're always trying to to have Peter in very different situations that we haven't seen him before. And so I think in the next, even though we're getting to the classic suit and the Spider-Man we we kind of really know, I think they're going to keep trying to keep Spider-Man different uh, from what we've seen on screen in particular. That's my guess. 
It is interesting that the end of the movie, it almost felt like, like two things. Like it was a grand send off to all of the past cast that had played in the Spider-Man films, but it was also really a big reset button for Spider-Man because now no one knows Peter is Spidey. Um, he no longer has access to Stark, Stark's wealth, which, I mean, there's a whole big thing with me on that as well. Like, I feel like MCU Spider-Man has been riding the wave of the Avengers for far too long. And he's been standing on the shoulder mm-hmm. of Tony Stark for for too long. And I think a lot of people have issue with that. And mm-hmm. the reason being is because like Spider-Man is not standing on his own. He has like, he's standing on the shoulders of others. And by the end of this movie, it's like they're going away with all of that. Spider-Man is now, you know, in a crappy apartment. He sewed together his own suit like he's self-reliant and he's on his own. So I'm curious, are they going to continue with that? Or is this or is this just a farewell? And we'll leave it up to you to determine what Spider-Man's going to be in the future, you know? Yeah, definitely a big question mark. Like they're leaving a lot open here, right? Um, could be a, a total reboot. And um, or is yeah. this like we're not going to see Peter Parker for a while? And hey, this is an opportunity for Miles Morales to to take the scene, and we can tell more of that story. Yeah, lots of lots of mm-hmm. possibilities. Yeah, anything could happen. Yeah, yeah, they're leaving the door open to any of that stuff, really. Although it has to be said that a follow-up movie has already been announced, right? Perferio, you messaged me about that recently. Yeah. Is it called final? Is it called finally going home? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think after the pre-sales numbers are in, they're like, okay, let's get to work on this next movie because we got a whale here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I think any thoughts of maybe pausing, the Tom Holland Spider-Man are probably out the window now. I think they want to get this uh, this this uh, continuation going, and uh, yeah, it, it, I, I think we'll we'll see it, you know, in the near future. And it probably will be something of a reboot, right? It, it sure feels like it. You know, it's yeah. it's Peter. It's a totally different story. Nobody knows Peter Parker. He's alone in a dingy apartment with a sewn together suit and it could be a lot more like the spider-man we know and love from the comics right so um yeah we'll see i i I think it makes more sense to just like expand the spider-man universe without talking about spider-man peter parker himself i mean like you know they're still gonna make more the um morbius and craven and venom 3 but like i think like for the mcu itself i think it just makes more sense to like like introduce new characters like miles morales um silk spider woman and um yeah like take a break from peter parker but expand on spider-man stories i think is what they should do now yeah good call and you know what they're hinting at at the end of no way home with this, you know, rebooted Spider-Man is kind of what I think a lot of fans have been hoping for. And that's Tom Holland sort of distancing himself from the MCU. Like 
for so long, he's been like Iron Man's sidekick or like there's Captain America cameo appearances and uh, Dr. Strange showing up and whatever. Right. Um, I feel like now is a good opportunity for him to just be the guy. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of exciting. Right. You know, we've we've all had some gripes about like, oh, this is cool, but it's just too much MCU is like too connected. Like, can't Spider-Man have his his like full on own solo story? Um, So maybe that maybe that's where we're headed. And that could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Although I, I like, I definitely agree, but I think there's, I, I think if I was going to see him crossover with one more MCU character, it would be the Human Torch. I think you know they're they're supposed to be like good friends in the comics. We're finally getting a Fantastic Four movie, and like I think it'd be really cool to see them two finally interact on screen. Technically, Steve Evans. Uh. <laughs> or Chris oh, Evans. Chris, <laughs> or Chris Evans. Chris Evans should <laughs> reprise his role as the Human Torch now that he's no longer Cap. And uh... <laughs> that's the multiverse. Have Chris Evans Human Torch meet Chris Evans Captain America. <laughs> exactly. I had that thought in my head, like today, <laughs> about this whole multiverse thing. They could potentially dip into any past Marvel movie, Disney owned or not, right? And have it just be explained by the multiverse. So endless possibilities. Hey, I got a question for you guys, because I know we've all been, I think we all unanimously agree that we want to see Miles Morales. Who would you guys like to see cast as Miles Morales? Ooh. Good hmm. question. Ooh, I don't know. If this I'll tell you who, that is a I'll good t- question. I'll tell you who I'd like to yeah. see. I'd actually like to Ooh. see Shamik Moore actually play him, the, the guy that plays the voice. Like, I think he can pull it off. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's a That's good a actor. Good yeah, he, yeah. he would be good. Now, the one reservation there is that I feel like the live action Miles has to be pretty damn young. We talk about we talked about this a little before, but it would make sense to have Peter Parker be something of a mentor to Miles. And Tom Holland is pretty young himself, and he's definitely young looking. So um, you might need a really young Miles. And Shmeek Moore is great, but he's already a little bit older now. So, yeah. I mean, if they can make Hank Pym look like a young guy, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, hey, there's the de-aging can do anything, right? Yeah. Anything. But yeah, uh, you know, Shamik Moore would be cool. That'd be awesome. If he, if he would be the the voice actor, Miles, and the live action, Miles. Dude, how cool would that, that be? That would be hella dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as long as it works within the story they tell, that could be awesome. Um mm-hmm. More likely, though, it might be like what I'm saying, someone younger and possibly like a total unknown. Maybe someone like Tom Holland was when he was uh, first cast as uh, Peter Parker. You know, completely mm-hmm. not a household name. So we'll see. I like I like what you're thinking, though, Rainier. I'm like, I'm so chomping at the bit to get uh Miles Morales in the MCU can't wait. I mean, it's just a matter of time, right? So uh, I really can't wait to see see that. 
Okay, so I think we can get to ratings. Yeah, so out of five, what would you rate Spider-Man No Way Home? Let's see, how about we start with Perfurio? What would you rate this movie? Uh, yeah, easily five out of five. Like, it was really good. Um, yeah, like, hardly anything wrong with it, in my opinion. It's just so enjoyable. I've seen it three times in less than a week. So, yeah, five out of five. Good call. Now, you're the only one of us who's seen it three times at this point. That third viewing... Did you get a sense of like, um, I don't know, fatigue or like, okay, fatigue. like, uh-huh. like, yeah, you get, I mean, or was it, was it still super like exciting watching it that it third was, time? Yeah, it was still, I think still super exciting. I think, you know, cause believe it or not, people still hadn't seen it by then. So like seeing like people's reactions when like Toby and Andrew showed up, I think that was really still cute and adorable. And, um, you know, like how we've been saying, there's just like a little, like little cameos and little Easter eggs that you just don't notice the first time around. That's cool to catch them and be like, oh, like the writers of this movie, they're clever, you know, for like sticking to like the original comics content or a cool, like little throwback move to the old Spider-Man movie. So it was still a lot of fun. Right on. Yeah, I feel similarly like, uh, on my second viewing with you guys, uh, that electricity was still there. I was just like <laughs> really looking forward to seeing it again. And guess what? I am going to see it a third time this weekend. And you know what? I'm stoked to see it again. <laughs> like, mm. uh, you know, like, uh, like Cap says, I can do this all day. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. How about uh, Rainier? What would you give this movie? I mean, any movie that up-levels the previous movies that had come up before it is a winner in my book. So this gets five whips out of five. Five whips. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Okay. How about you, Christian? What would you rate uh, No Way Home? Yeah, this uh, this movie definitely is like quite a ride of a movie. Um, I think it, it's it's pretty it's paced pretty well there's a lot of really great action set pieces probably some of the best like spider-man action we've seen um appears a great arc there's a lot of great character moments a lot of big height moments and the movie's just like a whole lot of fun all around it's like i guess pun intended it's the ultimate spider-man movie (laughs) and i think growing up you know of course growing up with the character seeing all the movies beforehand it's just hard not to smile and have just like a sense of glee when when watching this movie seeing your favorite characters come back seeing the banter between the bad guys uh, or with the spider-men themselves and so like yeah i think uh it's definitely a five. Wow. Fives across the board. And guess what, gentlemen? We're going all fives because I'm also giving this movie five out of five. Um, you know, I'm a notorious stickler. And um, I got to give it up 
I got to give it up. This one is an all timer. <laughs> like I mentioned this before, but this movie is really why we go to the movies. It, it's it's just everything. You 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 get it all with this movie. You really get it all. Um, yeah, we talked about the fan service a little. Um, that was the one thing that maybe could have taken away a bit here. Certainly did not for me. And um, you know what? Uh, that Thursday night viewing I went to, it was myself, uh, my friend, and his girlfriend. And me and my friend are like huge Spider-Man fans. Uh, but his girlfriend was more of a casual fan, right? And um, she certainly didn't get a lot of the fan service references. She loved the movie also, right? So I think that speaks to how well the movie works. Fan service or not, it's just a, a, a great fun ride. And um, yeah, I really cannot say enough. I absolutely love this movie. It works on so many levels. And um, yeah, there's replayability here. It's a movie you want to watch over and over. It's a movie, like we've been saying, that makes you want to watch other Spider-Man movies. It makes you want to watch other MCU movies, any other Marvel movies in general, any superhero movies in general. It just makes you feel good to be a comic nerd. I don't know. There's just so much here. Uh, and yeah, I, I can't say enough, but... Uh, yeah, I, I was so happy. I was so happy here. Um, yeah, it, we, we talked about the anticipation, right? Getting the tickets and there's already that excitement level. And uh, to be honest, a, uh, an ex expectation level, right? We've talked about before how expectation can kind of, I don't want to say ruin, but diminish your experience. If you're expecting too much, then maybe you can get disappointed, but this movie did not disappoint <laughs> at all, at all. Um, last, a couple tidbits. Um, I talked about uh, film snobs at the Alamo Draft House. The, this movie ca even catered to film snobs a little bit. There is a Boogie Nights reference and a Pulp Fiction reference in this movie. Uh, just real quick, there's that scene where uh, Peter is awaiting his college acceptance letters and um, Aunt May is like rushing into the apartment with the letter. You know, that is a direct callback to a scene in Boogie, Night <clears throat> Boogie Nights uh, in reference to like cocaine use. <laughs> but it's very strange <laughs> uh, callback, but it, it is. And then the Pulp Fiction reference, pretty funny uh, early in the movie. Um, MJ is like, um, she's kind of peeved that Dr. Strange is being like kind of, uh, you know, kind of mean to them, like barking orders at them. And she's kind of like, please would be nice, right? That, that is a total uh, Pulp Fiction reference when uh, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta have to clean up the bloody mess that they made in the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> crazy, like with all the bonkers stuff going on in this movie, they somehow added Pulp Fiction and Boogie Nights references also. So uh, truly, this movie had it all.
absolutely five for five and awesome to hear that we all loved it fives across the board and uh yeah feeling good here man um we're some uh happy comic geeks right now for sure and with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from rainier christian perfirio and henry